Hello and welcome back to the Pitchsider podcast. This week we'll be covering all of the international friendlies and Nation League's games, as well as talking about completed transfers and rumours. I'll be joined this week by the Pitchsider's own, Mr Toby. How are you? I'm great, mate. I had a good week. How about you? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, busy, but yeah. I mean, football's just coming to sort of the end of the internationals now, so it's going to get a bit more quieter, but hopefully transfers, now the transfer window is open, it's going to be a bit more exciting. Absolutely. It's always a good part of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when there's football and games, it's always even better. But Yeah, that's true. We can uh, only wish for one. Let's start with the Nations League and international friendlies. So I'll do a quick run through of some of the more interesting games. Won't go through all of them because there's been quite a few. Um, Starting on Monday, Croatia, France was a 1-0. France came back being 1-0 down. Mbappe scored the 83rd minute. And elsewhere in that group, Denmark, Austria Austria was 2-1. Tuesday, we had Group A3, which is Germany-England, which ended a one all. Looks pretty even game. We'll probably talk a bit more about this in a sec. And we've got Italy-Hungary 2-1 in that group, putting Italy at the top of the group. On Wednesday, we had the Belgium victory 6-1 against Poland, and Netherlands was 2-1 against Wales. And also for the Scottish fans, they beat Armenia 2-0. Thursday, Thursday we had a few good games. So we had Northern Ireland, Kosovic, which was a three-two. Kosovo, Greece, Kosovo, and Greece won three-nil. And on Friday we had a some international friendly games. So we had Japan versus Ghana, which was four-one to Japan, and Tunisia beat Chile two-one. And Korea versus Paraguay was 2 all. Tunisia uh, was 2 0, by the way. Tunisia. Sorry. Elsewhere on Saturday, as of yesterday, we had England versus Italy. The rematch of the Euros final ended in a 0 0. And elsewhere in that group, Germany Hungary was 1 all. Netherlands Poland was 2 all. Uh, Wales won, Belgium won. And Ukraine got a 3-0 victory against Armenia. Yeah, so there's been quite a few games um, and probably one final game to look forward to this week is the World Cup qualifying Australia versus Peru. Yeah, that would be a like game. To... It will be, but where would you like to start unpicking these games? That's a great question. Uh, we can talk maybe about Germany-England first. Um, which was earlier on in the week. It was um, first time England played Germany in the Nations League. It was an all right game. I don't think we deserved to win it for sure. We got a lucky penalty late on. Um, Germany were just a lot better than us. I think we played a 4-3-3. And yeah, I don't know. It it was never really convincing for me. Um, And we haven't had a great, you know, running of the Nations League game so far. Um, I feel like just seeing Trippier at left-back doesn't really bring a lot of confidence to me. I know Chilwell's injured and uh, Shaw's not had the best season, but 
yeah, you don't really want to be seeing that. And um, I don't know. I feel like without Kane, we we're not really much for the threat either. Um, so I don't know. As as an England fan going into the World Cup, I feel like whenever we have a, like a not the best streak of games, it always worries me. You always want to go into a big tournament with um, good form, uh, which we don't have at the moment. So yeah, not the best. No, but there is a, there is another round of fixtures for England coming up in November, October, I think, yeah. uh, which is the conclusion of the Nations League. So we have got those games and I've I heard rumours and I've heard speculation that a lot of players, a lot of people are saying these players are tired. They've literally done a full season and now playing these big tournament games and they haven't had like a break. Whereas I suppose when coming up to World Cup, they normally get a couple of weeks off. Mm, that's true so whether again it's one of these competitions that i don't think it holds much prestige and whether it's one of these tournaments that they just sort of don't really care about could Mm be but then this is a really bad run i suppose we might as well talk about while we're on england to talk about the other game which was yesterday which is the nil nil over italy yeah we we sort of shook up the team a little bit. We brought in Tamori to make his full debut. Uh, Ward Prowl started. Um, Grealish started and Tammy Abraham started up front, um, which I feel like Abraham did well. He didn't score, obviously, but he pressed well and it's a bit of a nuisance. Grealish, he annoys me as a player because he's got an amazing ability to dribble, but his end product is not that, you know, exciting he doesn't really have much of one um he, he lacks sort of the final pass often and i feel like he takes too much time on the ball um so yeah he's good as a impact sub but if he's starting he needs to really step up his game and on that matter raheem sterling i thought had an awful game he, he played a lot better when uh kane came on uh you could see that he sort of connected well but yeah i don't i don't i didn't think he had a great game in general and I think the whole formation left a lot of gaps, especially in the attack when we're attacking. Um, Tomori had an okay game, but defensively we weren't great either. Italy, on the other hand, were, you know, they, they're playing the youthful team because they're not going to the World Cup. So they're playing a Serie B defender. I know he's going to Juventus. This is Gatti, by the way. He's going to Juventus on the, on the well, he's already a Juventus player, but he'll, he'll be in the, the you know, starting 11 or around that next year, next season. Um, but yeah, it was quite an interesting team uh, Mancini um, put forward. Um, I thought they had real merits in some places. Obviously, they're you know they don't have that huge amount of experience. I think only Donnarumma's got more than twenty five caps for the team in the starting eleven. But it's interesting to see how they played. Um, they've uh, Esposito came on. He's a Serie B player as well. You wouldn't imagine England ever playing a Championship player in, in any kind of uh, international game. Um, so it's quite interesting. Uh, up front, though, Skamaka, he is a you know high-profile striker, six foot five, I believe. He's been linked to a lot of places. Uh, definitely one to to watch out for. Just the the game in general, it wasn't the best game. It was sort of a bit of dull. I, I get your point that you know it's end of the season, so players are a little bit lethargic. To be honest, I don't think Mount should have started. I think like he needed a, a break. He hadn't been playing well for the last couple of games. Uh, although I know Southgate really likes him in the team. Um, yeah, I feel like when when we shake things up, we've got to do a bit more. Um, I, feel, I feel with Southgate, when he first came in, he 
he was one of these players. He brought he was it was more of a changing of the guard. He brought in all of these young players and everyone was really excited. But I feel now he's kind of got to that point where he's got stuck in his ways because I don't think you know, Harry Maguire should be anywhere near that starting eleven for England at the moment. His form this season wasn't great. I know he people say he plays a lot better in England, like Pickford, but when we've got players like Gurhi and Stones and Cody and White and even playing like Walker at centre-back, we've got all of these players. Mm. Why don't we just try... I mean, this is a tournament that not many people really care about. Why don't we mix it up? Harry Maguire started both Germany and Italy. I, I agree with that. I feel like we do need to mix it up. But I, I think that Maguire does have some unique um, capabilities. He he can spray a pass quite far, you know, diagonals. Maybe not always hitting the target, but, you know, three times out of five they do, and it, it, it is impactful. And he, he does drive forward with the ball, whether you, whether you like that from a centre-back or not. So he does have good characteristics. I think in this game he was better than Tamori, although, you know, Tamori hasn't really gelled much with the, the team yet. Um and Guehi did come on, but very, very late on. Um, I think you're right, though. I would like to see, you know, a younger, not necessarily younger, but just a different defence. Guehi, maybe into Tamori. Um, Guehi, it's quite an interesting place. Left-footed, that'd be nice to see. Cody's class as well. So it definitely deserves um, a bit more rotation. Hopefully we'll see that in the next couple of games. Yeah, we've got, we've, the England are probably in there. They've got what they're like, I think it's called is it platinum generation now because we've gone past our golden generation, yeah. but um, yeah, it's, the players we've got we can afford to rotate and drop like players like Jordan Henderson and even Harry Kane. We've got players we can or even Raheem Sterling. We can drop him now. We're not that reliant. We've got Foden that can play in those positions and Saka and Smith Rowe Mount can play in those positions. Grealish, we've got an abundance of talent, especially young talent coming up. I agree, but I do feel like we are very reliant on Kane. Without him, we haven't scored another four hours of game, of like um, game time, and it's down to Harry Kane really. He's the only real threat. Well, not necessarily the only real threat. We did hit the bar with Mount and stuff like that, but you know, he's the only one putting him in the back of the net. I thought Ramsdale had a great game. To be fair, uh, he he was quite commanding. He made some good saves as well. So I think he's made a good case for being England's number one. Although you never know with Southgate if he's going to go with his tried and tested uh, Pickford, uh, which might be the case. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be one that we're definitely going to follow because we're most <laughs> most of our listeners are probably from England, so it'll be interesting to follow. Well, just Should on we that point, quickly, sorry, I just want to say I want to see more Jared Jared Bowen. He looks phenomenal for yeah, for England. Full of confidence. He's only had like two caps or three caps now, but I want to see him more playing for England. It's class. Yeah, he's had a great season as well with West Ham. So he he's going to be a good one to watch leading up to this um, World Cup, especially West Ham doing where they are. Yeah. If they can get some good signings, they'll be well ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Should we go and talk about this World Cup clock qualifier quickly with Australia-Peru? Yeah, let's do it. It'll be an interesting game. Yeah, so the winner of this will go into the tournament in the Middle East next year. Oh, this year, sorry. Do you know what group it goes in? Oh, sorry, Group D. Group D with France, 
Denmark and Tunisia, the winner of this will go. Mm, tough group. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. <clears throat> these teams always seem to be coming against each other, um, Australia and Peru. Not sure why. But yeah, it's an interesting matchup. Both teams have got quality. I It's hard to say who's got the more quality because I think they're quite evenly balanced. Um, uh, the last game Peru played was against New Zealand. They won 1-0 and Australia beat the UAE 2-1, which in theory should be an easy game. Uh, it's it's going to be just down to the the, the day, uh, I think. Maybe Peru edge it, um, but it's hard to say, to be honest. Maybe 1-0, 2-1. Um, yeah, have to see. It's uh, seven o'clock tomorrow, and then there's one more uh, qualifier: Costa Rica versus New Zealand, which will be going into Group E with Spain, Germany, and Japan. Yeah, absolutely, that'd be a good game as well. Um, New Zealand aren't that great, but neither is Costa Rica, to be fair. So, yeah, who knows about that one? Um, I think that one's a little bit well a while away, so um, they've got some time for that. Uh, I think on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Okay, not too long actually. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm not too sure who's going to come out top. Obviously, Costa Rica got great keeper in Kalo Navas, which might be the difference maker. And uh, New Zealand got Chris Wood up front. So yeah, yeah. yeah who knows? Who knows? It'd be it'd be nice to see both of these teams. Um, I don't think they feature that often, do they, in these big tournaments? Uh, Costa Rica I, was uh, won a World Cup. Um, not, not the last one, but the one before, I believe. Okay. Um, um, they're in our group, actually, England's group. And they, I think they beat us or drew against us. Yeah, that's just ring about, actually. Um, we've seen Australia a couple of times in big tournaments. So mm-hmm. no nice to have them. Though. No, no, that, that, that could be a difference maker, though. But who knows? Should we move on to something that's very hot topic and things move very fast in the football world of transfers? So should we start with a couple of confirmed transfers? Probably the biggest of the week is Chusameni going to Real Madrid. Now, we've mentioned this before on the pod but this week, I think as of yesterday or the day before, it's been confirmed. I think it's around 70 million plus add-ons. Yeah, about that. Yeah, it's um a very good player, Germany. Uh, he's you know starting for France nowadays. He's he was great for Bordeaux as a youngster. Um, I mean he's only twenty two at the moment, but he went to Monaco for reasonably cheap money. I think about fifteen million. Um, and he's done a fantastic job there. He's incredibly solid defensive midfielder, and it's a it's a little bit not scary, but just you know, Real Madrid have got their midfield sorted out for the next ten years or so with Camavinga, Chumeni and Valverde. Um, so it's a really good investment for them. I know it's a lot of money, but, you know, obviously, well, not saying obviously, but it's more likely that he will gel well with Camavinga. Obviously, they're both French and quite young. Um, and, you know, Valverde's already quite established at the club, um, even though he's reasonably young. So, yeah, there's it's great business from Real Madrid. Obviously, they missed out on Mbappe, which was probably the big one. And maybe missing out on Mbappe allowed them to spend more uh, in terms of getting too many. But yeah, great, great couple of signings for them uh, of, of the last couple of years. And I feel like he's going to be a really good player in the future. He is now, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, it looks like Real Madrid uh, building for the future. Um, with this signing, I don't know how much game time. I presume you get a bit of game time, but 
their midfield this year was world class. So yeah. Well, Modric did be... sign a, a one-year extension. I don't... Well, I can't say, but I'm not sure he's going to go past that extra year. He'll be 37, I think, or around yeah. that maybe, going on 38. So, yeah, I think many will get a lot of games. Especially... In the future. Yeah. Well, this year as well, and this, this season. I think he'll go to um, Qatar as well. Yeah. And elsewhere... Arsenal have lost Alexander Lacazette on a free transfer. He's returned back to Lyon. Yeah, not the boat, not the best uh, period at Arsenal for Lacazette. Fifty million pounds. It's a lot of money, and he was never really that convincing as a striker. And to see him go on a free is not really the best business. I know he did score like I think seventy-one goals, but that was in two hundred games. And yeah, for that price tag, you would expect a bit better return. Yeah, I think he, I mean, Arsenal signed him to be like a dominant striker and then like starting, and then about six months, a year later, they signed Aubameyang. So he kind of was playing second fiddle. Mm. I mean, it never really worked. He he was there and got goals, but yeah, he never really stood out as a danger man. And even when Lacazette left in January, uh, sorry, Aubameyang left in January, he didn't really step up to the plate, I don't think. No, absolutely. And he's gone back to Leon, where he's, you know, very, very well liked. You know, he came through the academy there, through all the youth teams and everything. Um, he was there for like eight years or so, and he was the top scorer a couple of years. So I think they're very happy to have him back in, in Leon. Yeah, yeah. It might probably turn out to be a good move. This French league is a bit different to the Premier League, so it probably suits his skills a bit more. So. Yeah, free transfer as well. Can't really go too wrong. No. Um, in the Premier League, Newcastle have signed Matt Target from Aston Villa. I mean, mm. they they had him at, on loan from January anyway, so looks like it's probably fairly straightforward. It's a good deal. signing for both, but good deal for both sides. I know Gerard didn't really favour him too much. He he brought in Dinier, who's you know how Gerard plays is having more attacking fullbacks. So Target didn't really fit that bill. Um, so yeah, and, and he's gone to Newcastle where. He, you know, how likes him. Fifteen million pounds for a Premier League sort of well, yeah, Premier League proven players is definitely good value. Yeah, definitely. Should we talk about some of these transfer rumours? Because some of these are quite hot hot topic, especially Darwin Nunes. Yeah. I Darwin, I said his yeah. name right. Yeah, he did Darwin <laughs> Nunes, yeah. Yeah, he's a good striker. Um he's off to Liverpool reportedly from Benfica 80 million euros plus 20 million in add-ons so could rise to 100 million euros so a lot of money on a 20 year old he's sort of only had one big season but he's scored quite a few goals this year and he looks very convincing he's he's very like pacey uh, clinical Uruguayan yeah he's got a very bright future ahead of him uh, he was at Almeria before in uh, I think it was the second division in Spain he did a decent job and I think Almeria actually got a 10 million pound or euro um, payment uh, through the, the signing of him going to Liverpool so yeah it's a, it's a good deal for all the clubs it'll be interesting to see how well he does in the Premier League though if he can step up well I think this is this is quite a big transfer but I think also this is a big transfer because it's sort of it's like there's like a chain here so if he goes to Liverpool which he looks like is very close to mm. doing this looks like it will open up the route for Mane to be able to leave to go to Bayern Munich, which then opens up the route for Lewandowski to be able to leave. Possibly. Yeah, definitely allows uh, Mane to leave. Um, just depends on whether they want to let Lewandowski leave. 
Um, although he's only got a year left, he's you know a huge asset for Bayern Munich, and he won't really command that much of a transfer fee. I don't. Know, it's hard to tell. Maybe forty million euros around that point. So it's whether Bayern want to sort of keep him, and you know he's obviously going to guarantee goals, or if they're willing just to let him go because he's obviously a bit disgruntled being at the club. Um, so that'll be one to watch. I'm not sure what will happen in regards to that. No, there's. Um, I don't know how true this is, um, but there's rumours that if Lem- if Lukaku that we mentioned last week wants to go back to Inter, if he does leave, this will open up the route for him maybe to be able to come to Chelsea or Chelsea being able to like go and try and sign him. But mm. I think his heart set on Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah, he said that multiple times that he wants to get to Barcelona. Uh, he's 34 years old now, so, you know, he's wherever he goes, he'll only, well, you never know, but it'll probably be only for two years. Um, it just depends whether Barcelona have the funds to register him and buy him. Um, obviously, they've they've spent a lot in, in terms of player wages so far, with Christensen, possibly Aspilicueta, uh, and a few other players. Um, so they need to balance their books as well. And, Maybe, you know, we're always saying it depends on another transfer if this one can happen, but maybe it depends on if Dion goes possibly to United or wherever, but they need that kind of money. Dion's on a lot of of wages as well. He's on like 300, 400k a week. So it'll definitely help Barcelona if they can get rid of him as well. Yeah, I think think of Barcelona, they need to get rid of a lot of players to be able to sign. Because, I mean, even, I mean, Aspicuenta won't cost him a lot, but I reckon he'll want fairly maybe 100 substantial wages mm-hmm. to go. And also they want Alonso from there. So whether there could be a deal because Chelsea were looking at desk. So could be that it could involve in maybe like a swap deal or something. Who knows? That's yeah, just... that'd be interesting. I don't know how good Dest is defensively. I don't think he's that great to be fair. But if you play him as a wing back, he might be quite good. Similar yeah, to you... Dallow a little bit, I guess. For United. I suppose it could uh, it could turn out to be a good backup option, a very cheap backup option as well, especially mm. if they want to get rid of him, which they do. Bringing it back, Richarlison looks like he's going to be leaving Everton and moving to rumoured Spurs. Spurs are very close to signing him. Yeah, he's a decent player, um, especially you know playing for a team like Everton, who's not the best. Well, that's you know pretty clear. They're not the best team, um, so he, he has scored quite a few goals over the past couple of years, um, and he's versatile as well. He can play basically anywhere in the front three. So if he goes to the Spurs, it'd be very good. You know, he could cover for Kane, um, so Kane doesn't have the burden of you know playing every game, and you know he can play left wing, which would be good for them as well. It, it seems like a very sensible transfer if they can pick him up. Uh, it just depends how much for, um, because I feel like Everton want to get every penny that they could um, out of him maybe around 60 million euros or so. So, yeah, it's a lot of what-ifs if they're willing to spend that. It seems like Tottenham are uh, willing to spend money, though, but maybe they've got more pressing positions to, to fill in at the moment, namely centre-back and possibly another central midfielder and a wing-back, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think there's there's going to be a lot of transfers there, I reckon, with Tottenham. They've already signed Perisic last week, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. good one. It'd be uh, interesting. Um, a player that's rumoured to go to Everton is James Tarkovsky from relegated Burnley. Yeah, Tarkovsky's a good player, to be fair. He's, you know, 
I think he's capped once by England. I'm not too sure about that, actually. Um, but yeah, he's a solid player. Premier League proven. Um, if they can get him around £20 million, pounds, it'd be a good signing. I think he's around 29, 30. So yeah, he's, he's experienced. He's not too old. Um, he'll be a good signing for, for Everton. Maybe they can get a sort of cut price deal because Burnley have been relegated. Um, it also seems that um, Nick Pope's linked to, to Forrest. I'm not sure if we mentioned that on the previous podcast, but that would be a good signing for them. I think Bryce Samba is rumoured to leave. He's uh, got like a, I think he, his contract's run out now. Um, either that or he's got a year left, but yeah, he's, he wants to leave the club. So if they get Pope in to Forrest, um, that'd be fantastic for them and, and boost their chances of survival. Yeah, yeah, def- I think, yeah, I think he's, yeah, he's either at the end of his contract or he's just said he wants to leave. But it's a bit of a shame because he save he actually got in promotion technically on their penalty shootout. So, so hmm. a bit of a sad it's a good, one. It's a good keeper, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, he hasn't really had much experience in the top division apart from once one season in France. So I don't know, maybe he's, he thinks a little bit too good of himself um, and wanted to go somewhere else. If I were him, I'd just stay at Forest. You know, obviously in the Premier League, he'll probably get a pay rise if he signs a new contract. Um, but yeah, we'll see where he goes. Um, I'm not. Don't think we mentioned this last week, but Gareth Bale uh, is likely to go back to Cardiff. It's a possibility. Yeah, he's. It's one of the few places that he's been linked to. I know that earlier in the week they said Getafe, but I think that's just a bit of a joke. He said in a press conference he wasn't going to Getafe, which if you don't know is um, a club in Madrid. Um, but yeah, maybe he's off to Cardiff. Um, he wants game time at the moment for the World Cup. Cardiff will provide that. And for Cardiff in general, it'll be a massive boost for their you know, whole commercial side. Getting a, a Welsh player of that stature would be fantastic for him. <clears throat> he's never played for a Welsh club either, so it'd be good to see him do that. No. No, it would be good. Um, I mean, this is probably a transfer you don't want to go through, being a Swansea fan. Mm, a soft spot for them, yeah. Um, <laughs> although, you know, the, I'm not sure how much it will help them uh, in their push because generally the Cardiff are not that great of a side. They didn't do very well this year. Uh, I think they finished like 16th or 17th. Um, I feel like with Bale, he could go to MLS or something like that. It depends where the best golf courses are, really. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be be interesting, and but it'd be good to see him in the championship. I mean, he will tear it up, but depends how many games he's going to play. Though I think he'll be limited to maybe like five, ten games a season for the season. Rather, well, the Welsh, um, the Welsh manager said that wherever he goes, he needs to play constantly to get fit for the World Cup. Yeah, but playing in the championship with his frailty might be a bit of an issue. It's quite a um. Physical. Intense league, yeah, physical league. So, yeah, I'm not sure how much he will play. Maybe he will play, you know, 45 minutes um, of every game or something like that to be able to play more games. Who knows? But it'd be good to see him uh, playing back in England or, or Wales, rather. In- yeah. yeah, English league system, I guess. Um, Another transfer for a recently promoted club is, uh, it's literally f- fresh today, is Leno to Fulham. Um, Arsenal's backup keeper Bernd Leno is rumoured to be in talks with Fulham to hmm. maybe I don't know if it's a loan or a, a permanent deal. I don't think it's been announced yet. It's been reported about fifteen million pounds. He's only got a year left on his contract. He's you know Arteta doesn't really favour him. He's a good shot stopper, um, but he's not great on the ball. I think Ramsdale's a little bit better on the ball. But for Fulham, if he does sign for them, it'll be a great signing. 
Um, it's exactly what a newly promoted team needs is a good shot stopper because um, they will be facing a lot of shots, basically. Um, so, yeah, for, for you know, all intents and purposes, it'll be a good signing for the club. Yeah, I've, I think Fulham are listening to you because you mentioned a few weeks ago that um, they need to sign some defensive reinforcements. And yeah, this is exactly what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. They can thank me for that. Yeah. I'll take um, a cut. <laughs> um, Leeds have signed Christensen. I think you know more about this, Dill. Yeah, Erasmus Christensen is a, a Danish right back. He's quite tall, actually. He's like six two, uh, quite physical. He's yeah, he's a good signing for them. Not really technically amazing, but he's got strength uh, and he's obviously quick, as I said. So he'll probably do well in the Premier League. Probably would have suited Bielsa's kind of style. Um, I'm not sure how Marsh is gonna, you know, he wants his team to set up in the future. But if it's similar to Bielsa, then it seems like a good signing, to be honest. Is there anything else I've missed? Any transfers? that popped up on your radar that you think we've missed and not talked about? Um, not really. Um, Robin Olsen's gone to Aston Villa for, for yeah. um, £3 million. He previously played for Sheffield on loan and Everton on loan and Bromer, although he definitely won't be a starter at Villa. Nice, good but, squad player. Yeah, good squad player for sure. Um, international experience as well. He's got almost 60 caps. But apart from that, I'm not sure there's too much being announced yet. No, no, so... Um, yeah, so that's yeah, so that's all of the transfer rumours and confirmed transfers that we think are worth highlighting. There's obviously been a few others in smaller leagues that haven't really we've haven't noticed. This week on the Pitch Sider, we've now set up a Reddit community page, which is the pitch rider but it'll also you'll be able to find it on our website and our instagram page and think also on our twitter but yeah come and talk to us on there you will we'll be discussing transfer rumors and games that are going on so de- definitely good and it's the best way to probably get in contact with us yep join the community guys that's what i'll say uh, And uh, yeah, I think that's about it for the podcast this week. Nice, short, sweet one compared to last week's lengthy (laughs) reward show. But I hope you all enjoyed last week's show and I hope you enjoyed this one. Yeah, any for any of the latest articles or the latest podcasts, please check our website, thepitchider.com and continue to like and share our social media pages and join us and come ask us any questions we're always happy to answer them thank you for joining me this week toby you're more than welcome it's been a pleasure and thank you to the listener and goodbye